Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Should you turn with me to the book of James, please? Chapter 5. James chapter 5. We're starting a new series today entitled Moving Mountains. Learning to pray with passion and power. James chapter 5, verse 13 and following, is anyone among you suffering? And there's a whole lot of different ways you can suffer. It's not just physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. First thing we ought to do when we're suffering is pray. Is anyone cheerful? That is, walking in a state of uh, all is bliss? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? That is, is there something going on inside that is out of line or out of order over which you have no control? Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, the prayer of full confidence in the Father's healing, will save, deliver, and make whole again the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent, passionate prayer of the righteous avails much. That is literally translated, the ongoing, effective, passionate prayer of a righteous person makes great power available. Wow. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain, on the land for three and a half months, three and a half, three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So many times we compartmentalize this passage as something only to do with prayer for the sick, but I want to focus on verse 16. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Everybody say this with me. I have been made righteous in the eyes of God through Jesus Christ. So the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, someone made righteous through Jesus Christ, makes great power available. So I want to begin today with a question that I've been asking myself 
Are you growing? Let's do a little spiritual checkup here. Did you grow last year? You say, well, Pastor, how do you know whether you grew or not? It's not always that transparent. Did you grow last year? Are you growing now? Now, why would we be even asking that? Because if you're not growing, you're going backwards. Neutral is not a place that the Lord is in any way approved of. He's not pleased with a neutral place. If we're not growing, we're vulnerable and we don't even know it. I'm talking about growing in intimacy with the Lord. I'm talking about growing in the production of spiritual fruit. I'm talking about growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man as Jesus grew. Are you growing? Ask yourself today, am I really growing? I've asked the Holy Spirit to put a spotlight on my inner man and give me the answers to my own question, did I grow last year? Am I growing right now as I start a new year? If I fail to grow, I begin to spiritually atrophy. I begin to diminish in my inner man the, all of the things that are, that are given me by the Lord, all the resources that are mine, faith and hope and love and joy and peace and the fruits of the Spirit begin to diminish if I, I'm not growing. My rewards in heaven diminish if I'm not growing. What are some of the signs and manifestations of spiritual growth? If I'm spiritually growing, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for that which would nourish me. I'm hungry to do what Philippians 3 says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press on for the mark for the prize of the upward call of God. I am hungry to know, oh, to know you more. To see your face more clearly. To know your heart more dearly. Oh, I long to know you more. If I'm growing, I will long for greater intimacy with the Lord. Are you are you longing in your inner man for greater intimacy with the Lord? Do you want to see his face more clearly? Do you want to know his heart more clearly? Uh, if I'm growing, I'm hungry. There is a spiritual excitement in me. My motor, my internal motor is running. Are you so fatigued with last year that your spiritual motor's not running yet? Well, you need to crank it up. Get before the Lord and say, God, I can't afford not to grow. I cannot afford to get in neutral. I'll start rolling downhill. Hunger, spiritual excitement and energy. There's also another. If you're spiritually growing, you will feel awkward. 
Now, I bet you don't hear many sermons like that, do you? Why will you feel awkward sometimes? You'll feel out of place sometimes. If you're spiritually growing, you will feel like you're not fitting. That's a good thing. The way to destruction is broad and many are going that way. The way to life is narrow and not the, the majority is not going that way. Do you realize that in your physical... You ever looked at somebody who's going through a growth spurt like adolescence? Talk about awkward. But that's a sign that they're growing. Sometimes you are going to feel awkward, out of place, not fit. Well, I don't, I don't look like this. I don't have the relationships others do. I don't have the job or the income. Or I, don't, I, I just don't seem to fit. Sometimes being spiritually awkward means you're growing. You're not satisfied to stay still and to atrophy. That means if you step out and you want more of the Lord, sometimes it's going to be such new ground, it's not familiar. You're going to be in a place where you feel off balance. That's not necessarily bad. Growth sometimes means you feel awkward. Sometimes there's a sign of growing is definitely that you go through some frustration. Well, Pastor, I thought frustration was sin. Not necessarily. If you are desiring to seek the Lord and to know Him at a higher level, sometimes you're going to have to fight through a season where it's just frustrating because nothing is lining up the way you want it to. That is not a sign that you're spiritually inferior or in sin. When you reach forward to know the Lord in a greater way, Sometimes you're going to have to fight through frustration. Have you ever read the Psalms? You ever hear any frustration there? God said he was a, David was a man after his own heart. Another sign that we are growing is facing our fears. One of the ways that you can know for sure that you're growing is if you have said, I am not going to let this fear run my life anymore. I'm standing up to it. I'm facing it. That is a hard decision to make because, you know, most of us face fear by running from it. That is running into a comfortable place, something that will help us not have to deal with it. You're not going to grow if you won't face your fears. We have to face our fears because fear is the ab absolute contradiction to the character of God. There is no fear in love, agape love. Perfect love casts out fear. Facing our fears is a sign of growth. Dealing with our stuff. Okay, church, I love you with all my heart. But I'll tell you something about your pastor. 
And I want to tell you something about you. We've all got stuff. You know that? Even if it's not apparent to somebody else, just when you think you don't have any stuff is probably when you got more than you, you realize. Amen? All of us have stuff. One way to know you're growing is if you will ask the Lord to reveal your stuff to you and not get mad at Him when He chooses to use a human instrument to show you about your stuff. Right? Deal with your stuff. That's a way, that's growth. That's not going backwards. That's continuing to move forward. Are we growing? Well, to grow, I have to do certain things. Number one, I have to feed. I absolutely, you have to eat. You have, if you're going to spiritually grow, you're going to have to spiritually feed. Can I ask you a question? Are you still a baby? Do you still have to depend on somebody else to, to feed you? Or can you get before God and you, can you, through the Holy Spirit and His Word, can you feed yourself? Do you know that God has chosen, it's God's idea, He has chosen shepherds for the sheep. It is God's idea to choose teachers and pastors and people to invest the Word of God into your life. But can I tell you something? If that's all you get, you're going to be spiritually malnourished. Do you feed yourself the Word of God? You're not going to grow if you don't feed, if you don't eat. Just as in the natural realm, you're not going to grow if you don't move. Movement is necessary for growth. Do you know that the only way you're going to to grow any strength is through the principle of resistance. Do you know you had to get up out of the bed this morning and put your feet on the ground and you had to defy gra the gravitational pull to keep you staying in the bed or to stay on the ground or in a chair. You had to move. The only way you're gonna grow is you, you gotta move. Resistance. You go pay money for a trainer. What do you do? It's the force of resistance that makes you stronger. You're not going to grow unless you get in line with the Lord and, obey and, 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 and begin to move, to obey Him, and not just to feed, but to get moving on what He is telling you. You're not going to grow unless you rest. If you don't rest, your outgo is going to eventually become your downfall. What do you mean? You have got to declare some time off limits to always trying to fix everybody else. 
Did you know even God Almighty rested? You ever thought about that? The Bible says God never grows weary or gets tired. Never. But even He rested one out of seven days. And He didn't even need it. How much more should we rest? It's not sin. Choose to rest. Choose to take yourself off of having to hold everything together. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. Learn to identify those you can trust and begin to delegate. I told Jim Black this week, I am learning to delegate more. And if you're in a place of responsibility, begin to find those you can trust and delegate. It's part of learning to rest. Some of us have a mindset that somehow we're not making everything happen or fixing everybody that we have failed. Even God rested one-seventh of the time. That is an amazing concept to me. Rest is essential. And the last thing I've got on your list there in Essentials of Growth is not only eating, not only moving and resting, but relating. You can't grow in a vacuum. You can't. It won't work. It was God's idea to put together a family. There are families in heaven and families on the earth. God's choice is that all of us be involved with each other. This is the body of Christ. And the scriptures are very clear. One organ can't function properly without all functioning properly. Being part of a body. The Word says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. And they've drifted away. What about relationships? Are you growing and developing relationships? I see something very troubling to me in the body of Christ. I see an entertainment, it's all about me mentality. And I see in the body of Christ something very dangerous going on. And that is the idea that is perpetuated in millions now across this country that when I want to be part of a faith family, what that means to me is I come to a service, I get excited by the music, I get inspired by a message, and then I slip out and go my own way so I can do my own thing and nobody will ever get to know me. That is not a biblical model. It's about relationships. That's dangerous. 
And it causes the body of Christ to be a mile wide and an inch deep. Relationships are part of learning to grow. And why is that? Because nothing exposes you more like relationships, right? It will. If you're in covenant with somebody, it will expose not only your strengths, it will expose your weaknesses. That was God's idea. God's idea. Nothing is greater than forming a partnership with the body of Christ where he has put you. It's essential that we learn to listen and hear from the Lord. It's essential that we learn, we grow by working through our situations. Some of you are in situations right now that are incredibly painful. They were not of your choosing, nor were they of your doing. But you're there nonetheless. God is sovereign, but that doesn't mean He initiated the pain. But the Bible is very, very clear. He uses what He doesn't initiate. James 1, 2 and following says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various test trials and temptations, knowing that those test trials and temptations develop perseverance. But let perseverance have its perfect work that you might be perfect and complete, mature and full-grown, lacking nothing. Romans 5, 3 and following, tribulation develops perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God's been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit and Romans 8 tells us that the Holy Spirit's praying in you the Son of God himself is praying for you and the Father your heavenly Father is working all things together for your good All things are not good, but your Father is working them all together for your good in His glory. He uses what He doesn't initiate. So we learn and we grow through working through our situations. It stretches us. It strains us. And it even leads us to a point sometimes to where we are absolutely, totally devoid of all energy. We're frustrated. We don't have any answers. There's only one choice, to either quit and go back or to trust when you don't understand. It's as simple as that. And learning to trust when you don't understand is one of the key areas of learning to grow. Are you growing? Perhaps nothing reveals whether we're growing or not growing like our prayer life. It's not how long or how much you pray. It's the quality of your connection 
as you do pray. So here's a question for you. What are your, what is your prayers, what do they look like? No, ask the Holy Spirit. What do my prayers look like? Is it a speech? Are you trying to tell God all the stuff that he already knows? Is it a speech? Is it a recital? Do you have something that you have prayed all these years because you heard it prayed that way, and so you'll just recite it back? Doesn't have any personal meaning to you whatsoever. There's no passion involved in it. It was just something you heard and you thought it'd be a good idea to recite it back. What does your prayer sound like? Is it like, are you talking to God's answering machine? Are you just putting in some messages up there, leaving them on his machine, hoping somehow, sometime, he'll get around to listening and doing something? What are your prayers like? Here's a question for you. Is your prayer life a personal, intimate, back and forth, communication with a father who is desperately in love with you now let me say that again is your prayer life a personal intimate communication and ongoing conversation between a heavenly father and you a heavenly father who's desperately in love with you Be honest. What was it like? You see, the problem is that most of us in our prayer life echo the way we really feel about our God. And you know what that is? Most of you still feel like an orphan daughter, an orphan son, not a not a blood-bought, intimately loved son and daughter. You still have that orphan mentality. What do you mean by that? Well, you don't have any real rights. You're just always begging. You're not a member of the family. You're out there somewhere you're begging to become a member of the family. You're asking somehow that the father will treat you like a son or daughter, but you don't really believe that he will. When your son or your daughter who is at your home or comes back as an adult into your home, do they make formal request did they beg and plead with you to look in the pantry or the refrigerator sons and daughters don't do that can I ask you something do you have revelation that you've got a heavenly father you're talking with and who is willing to talk to you who intimately loves and cares about you 
who loves you with a love unspeakable. When you go to prayer, is it a performance or is it an interaction? Is it a speech or a supplication? Sometimes the greatest prayer you can pray is a heart cry. My God! Dear Jesus! Lord, help me! That's the cry of a heart to a father. It's not a, oh thou who, forget that nonsense. That is not a biblical New Testament transaction. Do you have revelation that you've got a heavenly father who is desperately in love with you, who wants to hear you, who beckons you to come into his presence and pray? Prayer is that, that, that vehicle that your loving Father has designed for you as His son or daughter to communicate with Him, to run into His presence, to have intimate personal conversation with Him. Is that where you are? Or do you still have that orphan mentality of thinking you got to make an appointment or you're just outside begging, hoping that somehow he'll let you in the house. Come into the house. Come into the throne room of God. And begin by faith to, to look at the God described to you in the Word of God who loves you, who's intimately acquainted with all your ways. Who knows when you sit down or stand up? Who knows all your thoughts before you even think them? Who knows every bird that falls across the universe and is desperately in love with you and involved with the details of your life? God, give us revelation of your fatherhood. And show us where we're missing the intimacy of a father and his daughter or son. Learning to pray. Learning to pray with passion and power. As we go on in this series, we're going to talk about that orphan mentality more. We're going to talk about the the necessity, the power of prayer. We're going to talk about different kinds of prayer that we see in the Word of God. But as I close today, I want you to remember the scripture we read right at the beginning, and that was James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, the pastor of the church at Jerusalem, is writing. And he says there in that passage, we looked at it in 16 and 17 of chapter 5, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know what that means? He was no different than you and me. He was not in a class by himself, a spiritually elite out there. In other words, he had the same challenges that you do. 
but he prayed. That's all he says. He, was like, he had a nature like ours, but he prayed. And mighty things happened. Do you expect mighty things to happen? He prayed and mighty things happened. You have the responsibility and the opportunity to go before your Father. Does God assign other people to pray for you? Of course He does. Of course He does. Is there power in that? Of course there is, or He wouldn't have ordained you to have spiritual oversight. Of course. But what I want to encourage you to do is to get revelation of how your Father feels about you because until you begin to get revelation of that, prayer won't go anywhere. You won't invest in it. It's not a speech. It's a live interaction between your Father and you. I want you to pray with me. Just bow your heads right now. Would you ask the Lord right now where you sit to give you greater revelation of how He feels about you? And I also want you to to ask Him to give you greater revelation of how you feel about you. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you if you're still operating with an orphan mentality or you have you're getting greater revelation of coming in to His presence as a son or daughter. Do you get others to join you in prayer? Absolutely, there's great power in that. But I want us to go on a journey that we'll begin to learn to pray with greater passion and power. That we take a good look at our own heart and ask the Lord to begin to give us that revelation of sons and daughters and rights and privileges. Yes, we're going to talk in this series about why it doesn't seem sometimes that prayers are answered. We're going to talk about delays. We're going to talk about frustrations and even feelings of betrayal. Absolutely. But don't let, don't let the devil or your own experience keep you from pursuing the Lord with all your heart. He knows things you don't know. Father, as your servant, I ask you today to teach us to pray. Oh God, take us to a level of intimacy with you where we, we, we just won't be satisfied with not growing. Where we make demands of ourself to rise up in our inner man and to grow, to go on in our walk and journey with you. We ask you for greater intimacy 
I ask you, O oh God, to grant Dina and I and the leadership of the church and every one of these you've placed in this body that you give us greater revelation of intimacy with you. Increase that level, Lord. Show us, O oh God. Not only where we're missing it, but invite us into that place to where our prayers become not only just heart cries of, of desperation, but celebrations of intimacy with a mighty, holy, all-powerful God and Father who loves us as sons and daughters. Let the spirit of prayer rest mightily, not only on this church corporately, but on all of us as individuals. God increased the DNA of this church. Take us to new depths in our prayer. And the connection that that prayer brings. Now I ask you not only for protection, but for revelation of these your sons and daughters. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, well, we'll continue this next week. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.